Hey, Rob, how's it going? Hey, Joseph, pretty good. Uh, so what do so, we have going on? Well, we are we are recording this not too long after Thanksgiving, but it probably won't be released until close to Christmas. So happy Thanksgiving slash Christmas to yeah. you, my friend. <laughs> you too, man. You too. How, how has your vacation been? Um, very, very non-vacation-y, um, yeah. <laughs> of course, uh, I, I can't inform my boss that because I'm off from the podcast, I don't have to come into work. Of course. <laughs> <unfortunately>. <laughs> but, but I had a good, a good enough Thanksgiving. I, I kind of struggle with the cold. You can probably hear a little bit of it here, but, um, yeah, so we are here because we promised that we would um, put out a bonus episode for December. So this is that. Um, I, we, we're going to cover a couple of different things. Um, most significantly, we're going to feature a lot of the content that we had to cut out um, in our B-52s episode when we uh, talked with Mock Lobster. Yeah. But first I thought, since we like to always kick things off with a song, um, you remember a while back we took a listen to a new Fix song off of an upcoming album? Yeah. Do you remember yeah. that? Yeah, vaguely, but it, I, do, I do recall it. Yeah, it was, it was pretty good. Well, that album has come out, so I thought um, this would be a perfect opportunity to feature another song off of that album. So let's listen to a song called Closer. This is off the newest Fix album called um, Every Five Seconds. Escaping monster of I have to say that uh, I still like the fix. I mean, I, I really mm -hmm. dig this song and, you know, it's different and they have, they've changed over the years, but, but I, I think it's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I, it sounds like you haven't had a chance to check out the new album yet. No, Is that no right? I haven't. I have not, but I'm looking forward yeah. to it. Yeah. You know, it's pretty good. Um, it is, I would say that it is, the best album that they've done since the late eighties. Mm -hmm. Um, but it doesn't, it doesn't hold, of course, obviously it doesn't hold a torch to the stuff that they were, they were putting out, um, at yeah. the beginning of the career, the, the stuff that makes me love the fix. Yeah, That's for sure. The reason why we're talking about the fix now. Um, you know, a lot of it kind of reminds me of some of the stuff that, like, U2 is still doing. So it, mm -hmm. it's that sort of, like, more arena-rocky type stuff. 
but still pretty good. Definitely worth checking out. Yeah. Um, the reason why I bring this up is because um, just to remind everybody who loves this kind of music uh, about a couple of other podcasts out there that um, I enjoy that kind of covers the the same kind of stuff. Uh, so one of the podcasts that we've mentioned before is Don't You Forget About Me, the New Wave podcast. Mm-hmm. This is a podcast where they um, look at current albums or the most recent album by 80s new wave bands. So not too long ago, they dedicated an episode to um, this new Fix album where they kind of go through it cut by cut. So anyone who loves this kind of music will probably enjoy that. And I haven't had a chance to check it out, but they just this week, they released an episode where they interview um, Johnny Vatos of Oingo Boingo. Wow. So that is, um, I've been sort of like holding off on that until I, I have a time, like I'm driving in my car where I can really just focus on it. Yeah. So so uh, definitely a, a podcast to check out. And then the other podcast I want to mention that I've mentioned before is Hit Parade. Uh, this is an excellent podcast, uh, very, very professional, very well-researched, fully scripted. Um, it focuses on the Billboard Top 40, so the episodes are kind of hit or miss just depending on the what he's covering for that episode. But the reason why I bring it up now is because, Rob, you and I have been talking uh, this season a lot about what you describe as sleepy music. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> right. So the, right. So the, uh, you know, Elvis Costello's and, um, Joe Jackson's and mm-hmm. Graham Parker's and all of that. Uh, they just on hit parade, he just released excellent uh, two-part episode called Angry Young Men, which deals directly with that and and covers um, all of the above artists and Nick Lowe. So um, it's it's an excellent episode. I learned a lot um, and I strongly recommend that people go check that out as well. So that's kind of what's going on um, like top of mind for me in this this month off. Um, anything going on over on Robland? Well, you know, not really. For me, it's mostly been working in the bookshop. But I'll tell you what: yep. some really great books that deal with what we're, we're what we're doing right here have come out recently. Um, uh-huh. I think I sent you a, a picture of the uh, new book that Patty Smith put out, which is Book of Days. I got a copy of it autographed. I'm so stoked. Um, nice. And I got a new uh, copy of the, uh, I got a copy of the new Nick Cave book, which is uh, actually interviews between Nick Cave and I cannot remember his name, but uh, I got a copy of that book autographed by both Nick, by both Nick Cave and, and the, uh, the interviewer. So I was really uh-huh. stoked, you know, some really cool stuff out there. And there's, there's a book out that just came out and it's, it's called Shotgun Seamstress. And it is about 
it's well let me just say this it was uh, a woman who put together a zine and she she started this when she realized she was the only black girl at the punk shows and so she Mm -hmm. started putting together this this fanzine and distributing it and this book shotgun seamstress is a collection of all those all those zines and i'm pretty on top of that book right now i I love it a lot um and uh, but her, her punk music isn't what we cover hers is more of the the more current more recent stuff so mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. but but it's pretty it's pretty sweet so cool. yeah nice um i think i should probably um let everybody know uh, about the schedule coming up so mm-hmm. in january we are going to jump right back in and kind of wrap up 1979 with december um Typically, that would come out on the first Sunday of the month, but the first Sunday of the month is New Year's Day, so that ain't going to (laughs) happen. So uh, everything's going to be pushed back a week. We, of course, have the police deep dive um, uh, coming up next month as well, so so that's that's something to look forward to for sure. Really looking forward to that. So we have... Um, a lot of great material from the interviews that we did with Mock Lobster talking about the B-52s. You know, uh, there there were several parts of that entire episode that, I mean, we could have talked for another two hours with those yeah, guys. It was yeah, so, yeah. it was so cool. So, yeah. so he, what we're going to hear is a, um, a bunch of conversations that I had to pull out from um, the original episode. We're going to string them together here. It's going to be a little disjointed because we're going to be like, there's going to be an abrupt jump from topic to topic regarding the the B-52s. So I hope that it's not too jarring. I haven't edited it together yet. I'll try and make it as seamless as possible. I will also look for as many opportunities as possible to include more B-52 songs, um, songs that maybe we we haven't heard yet. Um, So please bear bear with us if it's a little disjointed uh sort of the nature of the beast as i'm uh, as we put together a number of um really quite interesting and worthwhile conversations about the b-52s we were at a party There's a there's a, a cool a cool story about about that song about Rock Lobster. Um, uh, uh, when John Lennon heard that song in a club in 1979, uh, he hadn't he hadn't been writing he hadn't been performing. Uh, he was really kind of in in seclusion, kind of in hibernation, and he heard that song and 
and said to himself, well, if that's out there uh, in the world, then uh, he, he was just inspired to go there and, and, and start writing songs again. Uh, he really was turned on by that and about, about the whole sound of it. And the record that came out right after that, or around, you know, the next record that came out was his um, very well-regarded Double Fantasy. So um, the, the B-52s inspired one of the greatest of all time to get back on the horse yeah, that's that's exactly right. And in particular, um, I remember reading him him talking about how hearing the B fifty twos helped him sort of thing things kind of like clicked into place about how his vocals and Yoko Ono's vocals would work right. together. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. yeah, he loved that sort of atonality and uh, and how how you know these these notes that shouldn't work work and he was really just inspired but you're right yeah the, i love that idea about about how he and yoko would sing together and and all inspired by this fun little band from the south so are there are there certain songs like rock lobster where you has to have to strategically place it in your your set list otherwise it's just going to um just throw the rest of the night off well we um uh we always close a show or have been closing the show with rock lobster it's the one everyone's there to there to listen to i mean it's the it's the it's the one everybody knows mm -hmm. so uh we tend to end our shows with that song um lava kind of floats around in the middle like like corbin says like um, lava like lava and it's a if you if you really pay attention to lava it's really kind of um provocative and and sexy mm -hmm. so that's yeah. what i love about that song too it's about uh, hot sailors <laughs> my body's burning like a lava from a we um, listen to um, Dance This Mess Around. I've got a, a, a funny little story about when I was younger about this song. So I was, <clears throat> like you, I was a little too young to be aware of this album when it came out. But by the time I got into high school, um, I, I got this album and I listened to it and I loved it. And... So in the song Dance This Mess Around, there is a line <clears throat> where um, it goes, why don't you dance with me? I ain't no something, something, something. Mm -hmm. Which I, I yeah. could never figure out. So, so I was like struggling with it. And it wasn't like, oh, it could be this or it could be that. I, no. I couldn't no. think of anything. The yeah. only thing I could think, and this, of course, was before, well, te not technically before the internet, but before you could just hop on a computer and right. look things right. up. Mm -hmm. The only thing, and I knew this couldn't be true, but the only thing I could hear when I listened to that was, 
why don't you dance with me? I ain't no little black girl. And I was like, <laughs> wow. And I was like, yeah. Now everything I know about the B-52s, Hold that can be right. Yeah, no, right, exactly. <laughs> it's like that's yeah, yeah, for sure. That's real close there. I mean, the same, 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 uh, uh, the the same um, cadence and and yeah. vowel sounds are in that. But yeah, it's um, it's a funny, it's a weird lyric, but it totally makes sense. So since um, you guys go up and perform this mm-hmm. song on a regular basis, tell us what the actual lyrics are. It is, why don't you dance with me? I'm not no lifesaver. Oh, no, Lindberger. No. <laughs> yes. I'm not no Lindberger. Lindberger. <laughs> That's yeah. right, the, as in the, Limburger the, cheese. Limburger cheese, the stinkiest of the cheeses. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. She's saying, why don't you dance with me? I, I'm not, I am not. I'm not a. Uh, I'm not disgusting. I'm not a stinky <laughs> right. cheese, I'm which stinky to me do, that doesn't make much sense either. So right. whenever, whenever um, Anastasia sings it, I do like the wafting the smell movement um, whenever <laughs> yeah. she sings oh, yeah. it at me, because I'm just like, get that out of there. Well, I cannot tell you how relieved I was when somebody informed me that it was Limburger. Oh, you're like, thank God. Yeah, right. I'm, I'm with you there. I messed up one lyric from Dance This Mess Around for a long time, or at least this is what I heard. So one of the dances is um, do the shiny tuna. And I interpret that as do the shy turn up. I mean, I think they both get the message around. <laughs> Uh, but but apparently I, I was corrected and it's shiny tuna. Um, so if you do this, I hope all of you at home are doing the shiny tuna right now. Um, but yeah, that's that's it. They are the liner notes in the album are great. I I love the liner notes so much. They they misspell bongos, b o n g o e s. <laughs> and it's it's just it just cracked me up.
know that Party Out of Bounds was released as a single as, a, as far as a couple of uh, other ones, but I, I'm just not aware of them getting much um, like commercial radio play. Yeah, uh, I'd say private, private Idaho came closest. Yes, and maybe yeah. maybe not maybe not right at the time, but again another fan favorite. They uh, yeah uh, mm-hmm. they've they've been opening uh, shows with this song for years. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's kind of like that perfect you know it's it's a I mean it's 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 a near perfect song right. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, when we uh, when we first launched this podcast, one of the first episodes that we did was. Rob and I listed our uh, 10 favorite new wave bands. And of course, the B-52s were on both of our lists. And um, the songs that we picked to feature were both off of this album. So Rob picked uh, Private Idaho. So we've already heard that song. And um, I picked Dirty Back Road, which is my favorite uh, B fifty two song. I couldn't tell you why. For years and years, it was it was a song I just kind of overlooked, but it just yeah. it just crept up on me, and I was really happy to see uh, a video of your band performing this song. <laughs> and it is not it is not like when you go, oh yeah, B fifty two party songs to play live. That's not the first song that, that pops to mind, but mm-hmm. it was a very compelling performance. So I was so happy to see that. I love this. I love that song. It, it's a just a beautiful little gem of a song. And 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 as as far as when we when we're performing, Joseph, uh, it's kind of we I kind of put we put that in there sort of as a palate cleanser, right? Mm. Like we've done mm-hmm. some of the sort of like high energy stuff, and then this pops in to just say, hey, this is another facet of this band that you may not be really be familiar with. You may not really have have uh, have thought about them in this light, but they they were able to be this kind of um, uh, to take another turn there, you know. It's and it's. Uh, I, and the, one thing I would say about all of their songs is, or many of their songs, is that you can really get a real sense of time and place in a lot of them, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like they, like this song is for me is about you know driving around when you're in when you're a teenager, and you're in a small town and there's nothing to do, and so we're just gonna drive these back roads and see what we can see what kind of trouble we can get into. about what this song is about because I didn't know what this song was about until about three or four years ago. Yeah. And 
it was painful uh, because this is just such a a, a light, joyful song. Yeah. So Aww. when I mean, and the 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 B fifty twos, they're they're always about sex, but yeah. <laughs> um, but but they they have such a light touch. And in this right. song, it's so light that that unless somebody tells you, you don't know this song is about <laughs> anal sex. But it was like when when I heard that, I went. Okay, oh, no, okay. it's still my favorite B fifty two song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's kind of funny. We we got invited once to do like a an elementary school like uh, fall festival, and um, we ended up not doing it because it was a conflict of interest. But it was like they do know that all these songs are about they're about sex. sex. Yeah. They're all about sex. Yeah. So and 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 all of the and all of the. <laughs> All of the the messy stuff involved with sex, right? Yeah, not not Disgusting you know disgusting things yeah. you never you never anticipate. anticipate. That's right, that's right. Well, you know, it's it's funny. Um, uh, not too long ago, well, actually, last season we did our deep dive on Devo, and I was really surprised to discover that a lot of the Devo songs are about sex too. So there there are these like fun new wave bands that are really talking about sex. Sex, but just just have the lightest touch you yeah. know that's and, a, that's and roll a, baby yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's a, that's a great insight joseph I, I really think i really think you're right on is like that you know it's not like it's not like cock rock you know that's right it, right it's not i mean it's like ted nugent is like oh of course that's about sex and it's also kind of gross right yeah, yeah. but you know you think about <laughs> bands like the p52s and diva like you say who are much more interesting and really like are, are, are for me a lot more uh, attractive and 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 compelling and then when you think oh yeah that's a sex song but it's like but but it didn't like make me feel weird about it being a sex song you know yeah. what i mean yeah so yeah Typically, uh, really only focus on full-length EPs, and we're going to do that for this episode as well. But we do need to mention that between their second uh, LP and their third LP, uh, Mesopotamia, which was released in 1982. We're not going to feature any music, but I, I think it would be a mistake to pass over this without a quick discussion. So this was intended as a full-length album uh, produced by David Byrne of Talking Heads. And um, 
it was aborted as an LP and then released as an EP. This is not something that I could ever really get into. Do either of you, do any of you have love for this EP? I, uh, I couldn't really get into it much either, Joseph, although... Um... Uh, although it's it there is there's a vibe to it that is interesting. I mean, you can really feel David and and hear David Burns' fingerprints all over this. It almost sounds like a like like a Talking Heads record. You yeah, know? yeah. You know what I mean? I I I kind of chalk it up to one of those looks good on paper ideas. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah. And then you know, hey, these experiments don't always work out. You know. That's right. Now, that's right. I have a question. Uh, now, yeah. you, you guys obviously know quite a bit about the band, the B fifty twos. This this Mesopotamia was there some wasn't there some kind of like row between the band and and. Uh, David Byrne, as far as like, uh, you know, putting it together, uh, and that that might have something to do with why everybody was just kind of, you know, ho hum about it. But wasn't there some kind of? Didn't they have a squabble over it? I think there may have been some, um, uh, some, uh, some. Uh, 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 I think they. Some, they may have butted heads with David Byrne about the direction of the record and maybe the songwriting and maybe the producing. I don't know how experienced he was as a as a producer either, yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, with someone else's stuff, right? Yeah. Um, obviously, he was he was super familiar with making records with his own band, but um, and and uh, I think the record label might have might have said, "Man, this is just. I mean, this is." This is going to break them huge, right? It's it's a perfect storm, and then it just didn't yeah. happen, you know. <laughs> well, it is a pretty common story of um, you know conflict between the band and the producer as far yeah. as vision of the album. Um, so, so I'm sure my. I'm not aware of anything like too out of control. Um, oh yeah, but I, I'm sure it's yeah. probably pretty mm -hmm. typical. I would think so, and you know, strong personalities all around. Uh, David Byrne is a, like we said, he's a singular yeah, kind of right. guy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And yeah. and uh, you know, uh, if you've read, I don't know if if you've read Chris Franz's book recently, um, uh, Remain in Love. Great. Um, yeah. You know, he he doesn't he yeah he doesn't pull any punches with sort of how <laughs> what kind of guy David yeah. Byrne could be. You know. Yeah. Um. So it it wouldn't surprise me if they're like, yeah, you know, he was, you know. There, there were some, there were some moments, right? Well, I could bet, I bet there were, you know. Yeah. Well, I would, I would like to point out about um, Ricky Wilson's guitar playing. I mean, it is, you know, um, especially when they first started out the first thing that critics would say would be surf guitar. And yeah. I totally hear that, but there was nothing derivative about no, exactly. his guitar. I mean, it was surf guitar, but it was not him imitating right. anybody yeah. else. It was right. like, right. you know, uh, academically, that's correct. It was it was surf <laughs> right. guitar, but I'm not a huge fan of surf music, and I love uh, Ricky Wilson's guitar playing. Yeah. I mean, it's a whole different thing, whole new yeah. thing. Yeah, 
Yeah. And our and guitar it, player is a tall order because, like Ricky, he has to play bass and oh, lead yeah, yeah. at the same yeah. time. Yeah, yeah. He 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 would he would he would Ricky often would take both those parts at the same time, and and uh, that 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 sort of inspired by surf thing. It allowed them to 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 um to like you know if they were thinking about surf music right they're like well, well you know if we did surf music what would we what would we come up with right and they come up with rock lobster for instance right mm-hmm. it's a great surf song yeah? yeah um but but yet not like derivative of link it's not they're trying to imitate link ray right or mm-hmm. dick dale yeah, yeah yeah they're 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 really always blazing their own path for always um, yeah. you know and that's why there's strings missing and the tunings are so weird because they have to be in order to allow them to do that y- yeah. you know y- uh, yeah you mentioned the weird tuning and i'm i go back to like when i looked at your um your website and uh trey is that the name of your guitarist he yeah yes yeah. dr yeah. trey so he, he mentions in his little bio on your uh on your website that he likes weirdly tuned guitars and and oh, yeah. i think he gave kind of a nice little uh a nice little nod to to ricky wilson as far as the original guitarist you know that which was kind of cool i think if you see a faded sign at the side of the road that says 15 miles to the album was a monster it just ruled summer of 1989 it was um, everywhere it, it was ubiquitous it was it was insane <laughs> yeah. i i you know bought it at this the moment that it came out i was yeah. um you know pretty skeptical after bouncing off the satellites i mean i had kind of written them off uh, i didn't know anything about you know, what was going on within the band, but it just felt like, you know, I, so many, so many new wave bands just kind of petered out, just kind of ran out of steam. And this was, this was such a surprise, such a delight. Um, It was uh, a love shack is by far there. So funny little story, a couple of, uh, weeks ago, I had a, a small little game night, board game night here at my house. Couple of coworkers, guys, not like super young, like in their 30s, early 30s, late 20s, early 30s. And I was talking about the podcast and uh, I brought up the fact that we were about to talk about the B-52s. And they're like, oh, I think maybe I heard about them. And I'm like, well, you know them. You just don't know that you know them. So <laughs> mm-hmm. so I, I named some songs and I'm like, mm, I don't know. So I, well, okay. Well, definitely, definitely um, Rock Lobster you've heard. So I went, played it, 
and neither of them recognized Rock Lobster, which blew yeah. my that, mind. That I'm like, yeah. wait, I get they living like, in a desert <laughs> island in California. <laughs> <laughs> A 600-acre horse yeah. ranch with no electricity. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, just astonishing. But I went, okay, but this song you've heard in the Love Shack came Oh, yeah, this song. Oh, I, know oh, I know all the lyrics to this song. Yeah. I yeah. was not aware that in, you know, current day, um, uh, you know, pop culture that – Love Shack was more relevant than um, uh, Rock Lobster. That was that was yeah. complete shock. They didn't to use me. Love Shack for the Family Guy episode. <laughs> they used Rock right. Lobster. Yeah, well, you know, lo- okay, Love you Shack- you need to explain that reference because that's that went right over my head. Oh, there was a Family Guy episode where uh, where the guy's singing Rock Lobster. Oh, and uh-huh. and just but he does he doesn't sing Love Shack because why would you sing Love Shack? You know? <laughs> right. Um, well, maybe we can know, find the the uh, episode in the show notes, um, well, or if you just YouTube Family Guy Rock Lobster, I'm sure you will you will find something like it. Well, like Rock Lobster, Love Shack is a song that that Mock Lobster plays every bet, time we yeah. go out. Um, we, uh, you know, it, we, it we've heard it a, a million times, but we've got to play it. You know, mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. yeah, we just have to. You make and it sound like a chore. No, it's not a chore. It's, it's not. And it's a it's a great song for us to stretch out on and have fun with and introduce the band with. It's near the end of the show always. What the youth are getting if you Perfect song to put in the beat in the uh, the Mighty Ducks too. Uh, <laughs> oh is, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Now that that intro is totally B 52s It's got that beat. It's got that you know that that B fifty twos vibe. Um, now I I've never seen D two. Is that is is that all about the um, the hockey players getting busy? <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> well, I guess now that I think about it, it depends on how you describe busy. But if you describe busy in a very innocent kid sense, um, then yes, they were they were, they were, they were very busy, busy in the hockey. movie. They were busy very playing busy hockey. playing hockey in the movie. Um, I mean, there, there's no, you know, naughty stuff. It's a kid's yeah, movie. Yeah, for goodness sakes, Joseph. Good for you. <laughs> you know, yeah. Well, I, I mean, mean, but it's it's the, really good stuff. The, you know? the reason why I ask is because Rob said that this was the the, the perfect song to be in that <laughs> yeah, movie. Yeah, right. And so I wanted to follow yeah. up on that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was a really good movie. You should you should watch it after oh, oh, the Corbin. show. <laughs> is this a song? 
I'm Is this a song it. that you I guys play it. ever? No, but we really no, we need don't. to. Yeah, we should. We should. We're we're gonna. I, I really want to pick it's up on some the stuff from list. the. I want to pick up some stuff from the later records. I uh, I think that's I think that's gonna be our next big big batch is some of these later stuff. We really focus on cosmic and the first two records. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, which are the ones, yeah, right? They're the ones. It's a low-hanging fruit. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing wrong with yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they're the ones. But there's a lot of great stuff out there, you know? And we're about to talk about the, a record that we really should get some stuff on, the last one. So when we get there, awesome. Yeah. I'm a pleasure seeker, shopping for a new distraction. I'm a pleasure seeker, looking for some platinum action. It was pretty typical, um, this sort of like creative burn out of new wave artists about this time around the late, late eighties, early nineties. I mean, I think of so there, there's this, there's this interesting pattern that Rob and I are starting to see as we take a closer look at the career of some of these iconic bands, um, So I, I, I'm thinking about Blondie. I'm thinking about the Cars, the B-52s, yeah. where they like they have this moment. They 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 have their, um, you know, uh, what's the what's the big? They have their their huge smash. Yeah, they have yeah. their smash hits, yeah, there right? Were, there, there's the, you mentioned there's the Cars. Like they yeah. they have their heartbeat yeah, city. Yeah, exactly. they have their huge hits. Yeah, and the, right? and um, the the Blondie song. Um, uh, rapture, right? Where, yeah, where it's right, like right. they they hit the zeitgeist and then they just fall apart. And they yeah, they they put to, they put the next album they put out is just it's kind of garbage because the band <laughs> is kind of falling apart because yeah. they can't deal with the success. And then or 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 they're or they're trying to recapture it. You yeah. know, you know because you know. Like all of all of you know all the great ones, right? And we and one of the themes tonight is when we're talking about the B-52s is that you know they were not afraid to do something different. They weren't afraid yeah. to to really keep exploring and keep yeah. blazing trails. Yeah. Even if even if ultimately like you know whammy, I mean it's great. You know it, I wouldn't call it their masterpiece, right? But it's but they but they did their thing. Yeah. Then Cosmic comes out and then good stuff and they're trying to do make Cosmic Part Two and that's where they really yeah yeah that's that. That's where so many of these bands really kind of lose it. Yeah. Is that they keep, you know, they it's like the ultimate success. And and do do we try to do that, or do we try to go, you know keep going our own way? That's right. And you know what I mean. That, so that's that's what can happen. Well, you I know, think. and so I think of like 
Stick with me, guys. This is going to make sense in a second. <laughs> I think I'm of, ready. I'm ready. I, I think of Daniel Craig as James Bond, right? Right. Where we goes, uh, they go through, and he's making some great films, and he's like, "Well, this is our, this is the last film," and they they come out with Spectre, and Daniel Craig obviously went. This cannot be my last Bond movie, right? <laughs> so he goes yeah. and he does another one. Right. I right. I I suspect that there is a legitimate parallel uh between that and like the cars, you know, twenty year twenty plus right. years later putting out their last album, which was, you know, not a masterpiece, but it was a redemption for sure. After, <laughs> I thought. I thought. I after think door, that, yeah, door to door. After door to door, for sure. I think. I think. What is it called? Move. Uh, move no, like that. Uh, yeah. Move like that. Move like this. Move. Yeah. Move somehow. <laughs> it's a great record. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean. Yeah. It, but you're right. It is a redemption. That's a great way to yeah, put it. Yeah. Yeah. And, right. and and Blondie has done that. And yeah. I I feel like. When the B-52s were doing Funplex, they were they were going, you guys, we, you know, they were, they must have been very deliberate about, right. we need to do this right, you know, so they took their time, they obviously yeah. took their time, yeah. and yeah. <laughs> um, got the songs in place, and did it exactly right, um, this is, I can't imagine that this would ever be on anyone's, like, list of their favorite B-52. Well, there's always people out there, but, you know, for <laughs> for the most part. But this is a really solid album. Solid record. Uh, real quickly, just uh, we're kind of running out of time, but let's just mm. have a, a quick conversation about some of the solo um, material. So uh, you, Corbin, you had mentioned um, Fred Snyder's solo albums. There are a couple of them, right? Uh, Fred Snyder and the Shake Society. Is that right? Um, well, so there's there's Fred Schneier and the Shake Society, and there's just Fred, and then he also had a group called the Superions, which, uh. if you haven't checked out the Superions, I highly recommend um, their song Fruitcake. What you making? Fruitcake! What you baking? Fruitcake! Candy cherries, red dye number two! Green cherries? Green ones too! It's Fruitcake! Cake. Pecans or walnuts, citrus peel, lots of stuff. Add what you feel. They did a they did a whole destination Christmas album, and um, <laughs> fruitcake. I mean, it's imagine imagine what Fred Schneider writing a song about fruitcake would be like <laughs> and then listen to it and your dreams will come oh, true. Oh boy. <laughs> so. Well, I have um, of Fred Schneider's first couple of uh, solo projects. I have listened to each one of them once and I got to tell you, <laughs> it is just, it's too much Fred for me. Um, and, you know, that is your, you know, your levels may vary as far as how much Fred intake you can, <laughs> you can manage. But, but for me, I feel like I really need Cindy and Kate there to, to balance him out. 
Um, sure. So, so, and that that is sort of the the genius of of the B fifty twos, right? Is yeah, is taking right. that Fred energy and coupling it with uh, Cindy and Kate into something that you know is much more the whole being greater than the sum of the parts, for sure. <laughs> right, for sure. Yeah, for sure. And another good one, if you want to listen to Fred, that sounds really interesting if you watch the video, too, is his version of Coconut, ah. um, the Harry Nilsson oh, song. Oh, wow. <laughs> it is, it's like, it's, it's, because he's like playing a guitar, like a Les Paul sort of thing with EMGs, and he's like trying to look like really hardcore. Um, and it's just like, it's like Fred Schneider trying to be henry rollins and himself at the same time it's it's really interesting so i i highly recommend that you put the lime in the You know, I've also checked out um, a couple of Kate Pearson solo albums, which I think were pretty solid. Um, you know, not I didn't find them compelling enough to to go back to them, um, you know, after a couple of listens. But but they were pretty good. Are, are, are is anyone else familiar with any of the solo um, releases no. from members of uh no, not so much. Yeah, not so much. I mean, we all know how how Kate seemed to be on everybody's record there in the in the mid <laughs> yeah, early nineties. Right. She right. did, yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I, I, Iggy Pop owes a lot. Oh her. man, mm-hmm. we we do do we do play candy. Oh, oh nice. yeah, we play candy. Yeah. Nice. And uh, we're we we may throw in something like. Uh, um, at least part of maybe a, a snippet of shiny happy people, oh, wow. you know that kind of stuff. So, um, you know, we're trying to branch out. You know, trying to. Uh, we really, I really do want to um, work on expanding kind of where we're where we're going there in the next phase of Mock Lobster. We'll we'll hit a lot of this later stuff. Yeah. I have never seen them live because by the time I know by the time I was in a position where I could actually feasibly go out and watch, um, you know, concerts, 
The B fifty twos were so big that they were only playing arenas, and I just yeah. don't. Uh, I, I, yeah. I don't do arenas. That's for yeah. for an, an introvert that struggles with claustrophobia a little bit. Uh, the idea yeah. of being packed. Of course, some of these small clubs are just as bad, but yeah. you know, being packed into a uh, into a room with two thousand people is a lot less intense than a hundred thousand people so sure well if you don't like the arena rat race i would like to recommend mock lobster austin's tribute to the b-52s we play (laughs) private events and even if you pay us enough money we might even play your your uh bathroom if you have enough money and enough space i know what i'm gonna get joseph for his birthday now (laughs) (laughs) well like like i said earlier the first time you tour California, man, yeah, I am there. Absolutely. Well, <laughs> right. we'll let you we'll let you guys know yeah. for sure. Uh, I I did see the band. I did see the B52s recently. This was this was just before COVID. This mm-hmm. was probably 2019, maybe. Um, it was the last time they played here in Austin, and uh, I noticed that you know they they would start and Fred and Cindy and Kate were all there. And then after a little while, Fred split, <laughs> right? Yeah. Split, Fred took off and huh. it, it became, you know, for a while it was the Kate and Cindy show. And <laughs> and then he came back uh, and they finished up. But my <laughs> sense is that um, that he, you know, he, he, he may not, you know, uh, at the, as far as farewell tours go, it's like, you know, my sense even at the time was, yeah, he can't, I mean, he, he it may be hard for him to do full shows these uh, days yeah. you know mm-hmm. my sense was yeah. he he's he went out to take a nap you know and yeah. and i'm you know i'm not i'm nothing against fred i'd love taking naps right um <laughs> you know um, no naps did, for you matt I, but i did get the sense that he was um that that he's maybe uh reaching the end of being able to like do these you know tours because they've been touring kind of steadily for many yeah, years right. now right yeah just kind of ongoing worldwide right. yeah, yeah just sort of ongoing stuff never really stopping they've been with the same band for for a long time they've got the same players that they've been with so i mean my sense is it's really like this family thing right yeah. like um you know um and and they you know they they've always been kind of like a family too that sort of vibe right mm-hmm. it's like like these are our these are our our closest 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 people yeah mm-hmm. even even in the professional sense but um i uh, i'm going to try to see them before they're finally yeah, nice. done i'm going to try to see them again before they're done um but yeah, I started the band about five years ago, and uh, uh, so I, I was looking for a good project to do, and and I was thinking to myself, you know, what's the what's the band that everybody would want to come see? And the first thing that came to my mind was the B52s, and and my my you know my feelings were were validated when I got so much great response from the uh, you know the ads uh, for for musicians. Corbin was one of the first to reach out. And um, so, yeah, uh, we've been going for that long, and uh, it's been a, a really fun time so far. M- many yeah. more to come, too. Yeah, I reached out after our guitar player because I didn't want to be the first one because that would be <laughs> kind of lame. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and, and uh, I, I'm, 
you know, I was uh, kind of, you know, like, like you, Joseph, you know, it's like you, you, you know, if you say, I want to be your friend, it's like, okay, so what do you, you know, you really got to bring me something because yeah. he is, he is such a unique, uh, recognizable uh, artist, right? And uh, you really have to, I mean, I think to really be successful, you have to really um, just dive in there and be fearless, which Corbin is hundred percent fearless up there. So he really, and he really, he really helps lead the show all night long. So that's really great that we've got someone out front who can really um, take everyone on a, on a fun journey. Well, and plus I got to say, Corbin, and I hope you take this as a compliment. It's meant as a compliment, <laughs> but you, you kind of look like a Fred. You, you've got that look, you've got the, 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 the physique and, and all of that. So it sounds yeah. kind of perfect. That was kind of a no-brainer for you, right, Matt? Oh, yeah, yeah. When I saw him, I was like, yeah, I think this is the guy. Yeah. Yeah, the, the orange suits and all the crazy stuff I've been wearing came a little bit later. But, um, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a real uh, fun time to, to get all dressed up and, and just uh, to let loose, you know? Yeah. Sure, sure. So, um let's let's talk about the rest of the band so do you have do you have five band members to to kind of match the original lineup we actually have a, we're a six piece actually uh -huh. we we do have a, a bass player um who plays throughout uh even though and a lot of those early records and songs they may or may not have had a dedicated bass player i know kate Kate Pearson played some bass and there might've been some keyboard bass, but you know, we brought that along just for that bottom end. Our guitar player, uh, Trey Buchanan, uh, has for, for a long time kind of studied the sound tuning and vibe of Ricky Wilson. And he, he brings the, that, um, authentic tuning and sound like he's got guitars with three strings and four strings and five strings and six strings like Ricky has. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, well, well, exhibit a is the, the cover of rock lobster that we started the show off with. Yeah. Yep. Very credible. Very yep. impressive. Mm -hmm. Thank you so yeah. much. It's the tuning. Yeah. Yep. That's right. And we do have uh, two uh, uh, women singers, Anastasia and Allie, of course, are Kate and Cindy. So uh, uh, they, you know, with Corbin, they're out front, uh, you know, leading the, the, the bacchanal, you know. Mm -hmm. it's, a, it's, a, it's an amazing thing to watch from back, from, from upstage behind the drums, to watch them do their thing every, every time we're playing. It's really just a joy to, to be there. And what is the what is the name of the, of the bass player? I don't think you oh, mentioned it. Oh, his name is David Houston. Uh -huh. Yep. Yep. Excellent. So uh, it's so hard to tell when um, you know looking at photographs and watching videos, but my sense is that um, most of the group are too young to have been consuming the B-52s in real time in the er late 70s, early 80s. So I'd love to hear just a little bit about, for, for both of you, how you discovered the B-52s and um, what, what drew you to them. Well, I guess since I'm, I think I'm the baby in the band, I guess I'll answer that one. Um, <laughs> I'd also like to say we have two wonderful understudies that though they don't get a lot of time. So that's Maddie and Jenna. Um, mm -hmm. 
but yeah, discovering the B-52s, um, when I was in high school, I went to a Half Price Books and Records and got a copy of the original B-52s album on CD. And, and why was, why did you do that? That's what I'm really curious about. Really because of a certain song called Rock Lobster. I just uh-huh. thought it was the funniest thing. And, um, you know, just great to annoy your parents with and wonderful. And well, also even around that time as well, I think a little bit before, my dad would play Love Shack in his car and do the Fred imitation voice. And so I just thought that was the funniest thing ever. And then I heard about Rock Lobster and was like, oh, yeah, I'll, it's like three, three or four bucks at half price. I'll play this. And I just binged it for days and months and probably a year. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. And so that always has such a special place in my heart. Um, but yeah, I, I didn't see them live until after joining this band. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm I'm older than Corbin. I uh, I was I was consuming. Uh, I mean, I was I was nine when the debut record came out. So I was I was you know I I uh, I was not listening to the band at that time, but I was um, aware of them in my high school years, um, sort of. You know, everyone kind of knew the the you know that like the, the everyone had heard Rock Lobster, everyone had heard Private Idaho. You know, um, but but my real uh, uh, the, the the time that I was drawn to the most was in my early twenties. Um, I was with some friends, and Cosmic Thing had just come out like a year before, <laughs> and this was the soundtrack of that year with with my friends and me. Yep. Uh, we played that record all the time, and uh, I was drawn to to uh, particularly to songs like uh, um, Dry County and and Deadbeat Club, and I would dream. I would have dreams where those songs were playing at that time in my life. So um, I, 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 I have a real special affinity for that record. And then from there, I, um, you know, I really, um, you know, started, you know, uh, listening to the other stuff. And and uh, and certainly when I was putting this band together many, many years after that, um, I was really deep diving into the songs just so I could get a, you know, know what that whole vibe was to bring you know as we tried to present it to audiences so um but yeah my first real real uh connection was in was cosmic thing which which a lot of people don't say you know they're like yeah i just love the debut record right but i i came to him a little later and then kind of backtracked right sure sure so well excellent um so we have a lot of B-52s to talk about. So uh, we should uh, move on. I want to let everybody know at the end, we are going to resume this conversation about Mock Lobster. So stick around for that. But uh, before we move on, just tell everybody, you you must have a website where they can go in and check out some performance videos and all that, right? Absolutely. It's uh, Mock Lobster ATX is what we're under, I think, on Facebook and Instagram, and I think YouTube as well, if mm-hmm. that's correct, Matt. I think so, yeah, Mo- and uh, MockLobsterATX.com, but yeah, um, we do have a, we are on YouTube uh, and Instagram there, so uh, I, I don't know how much con- uh, video and stuff we have on the website, but you can find a lot of that on, uh, there at, out there on YouTube, too. Yeah. 
Yep. Mm -hmm. just, yep. just search Mock Lobster Austin Band, and I'm sure something will yep. come up. And if not, you'll just get some really good lobster recipes. <laughs> well, I, I learned that right off the bat. Is you have to throw it banned at the end, otherwise you're gonna. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're not gonna find what you're looking well, for. Well, but it's not real lobster. It's mock. It's fake lobster. So yeah, it's like yeah. faux lobster recipes. Yeah. But so be, so be careful, folks. Eat. Yeah, that's right. And be careful, folks, because the lobsters will get you. Yeah. Know what you're signing up for before you you press the enter key. That's right. That's right. Heaven forbid you go to the wrong recipe. Yeah. Yes. At the beginning of the show, we talked a little bit about the history of your band. Um, and to get the conversation started, I'm just curious, the, something that's been... Uh, Pop, running through my head um, for the last week as I've been like checking out your videos and 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 all of that is for both of you. I wonder if you could cite a song or two songs. One song that you love of the B52s, but don't enjoy performing or or don't perform because because it it doesn't work. And then vice versa, a song that you, that you maybe don't personally love, but just have a blast performing. I, I, I'm mm. really curious about that. That's a very hard question, <laughs> given their long story discography. Um, you, <laughs> you want to take that one, Matt? <laughs> sure. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, th I think that, I, I come back to Love Shack, right? I mean, it's not my favorite B-52 song. Um, I'm not saying it's not a good song. Um, it is, It is. shall we say, played out for me. But we got to play it. You just got to do it, right? Mm -hmm. um, it's, the, it's one of the ones that everyone came there to see and hear, yeah? Um, uh, one of my favorites to play is um, 52 Girls. Yeah. Great song. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just, I do love that song. Um, also, uh, I think Corbin earlier mentioned a song from the first record, Hero Worship. It's a Cindy solo. Mm. Um, uh, it's a really cool, it's almost like a jam band song. If you really kind of, if you just kind of examine it, you know, uh, uh, objectively, um, it doesn't, it, it's kind of like a shaggy dog story. It doesn't really seem to go anywhere, but it really is a lot of fun to play. I have found it that 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 uh, that's one of the ones that it's I really enjoy. Um, and I'm just going to say my favorite, one of my favorites to play too is Strobe Light. That's my yeah. favorite B52 song. Sure, so good choice. That's a that's just a great one, and it's a, uh, um, it, yeah, it's it's yeah, it always gets them, it always gets them off the off the off the floor and onto the you know onto their feet, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I think for me, like the ones I love to play the most, um, well, there's one that we haven't played yet, but we're working on um, that I can't wait to play, which is uh, Running Around yeah. Off a Wild Planet, um, because it's got the same energy as Devil, and it's just, you know, off to the races, punk and hardcore and just great. Um, I love that one. Um, in terms of songs like, I I don't like playing 
I think during the set, there's there's none that we currently have that I, I don't like. I think there's songs more that I fear. <laughs> um, uh, Channel Z would be one. Um, just because of how high Fred goes in that song, um, if you listen, listen back to it, it's just... Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like, I'm, I am a pretty comfortable baritone. <laughs> so, uh, that's, that's one I fear, but I think once I get it, I, I will be fine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, I have a question about, about Mock Lobster, about how, how interactive is your, uh, your fan base? Like, uh, I mean, I know you guys have social media, but, um, what kind of response do you get from them? And do you ever get like, uh, you know, this is my favorite song and, and do you ever get any surprises from your, from your fan base? <laughs> we always have people calling out songs. I feel like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, we, uh, we got a, re- um, someone, we, we get funny requests. Like I think they put po- they I think someone reached out a, a couple of weeks ago. They were like, I just love the band. Could I get an autograph? And so I was like, so yeah, when, I mean, you know, do you want us to, I mean, would you like us to sign something and send it to you? You want an autograph when you come, you know? Um, uh, I remember one of the first, the first show we ever played together was with, with actually with a, um, uh, a, a, a very well-regarded talking heads band here in Austin called Heartburn. Mm -hmm. And I had stalked those guys uh, to try to get a show with them, and I, I, I stalked them so bad that I, I showed up at a at a gig that they were doing. I kind of I kind of wormed my way in. I said, "Hey, I'd really like to see you guys play. I'm with this band called Mock Lobster B52s. We'd really like to do a show together." So I showed up at the show, and the first thing they say at their break was, "Hey, do you guys want to play a show in September?" And we were like, "Yes, we do." Um, and uh, I remember. Uh, having some friends come out uh, that knew about this band, but they hadn't seen us before. It was our first gig, right? And yeah, after one month of rehearsal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we just had to do it, right? Yeah. And I, I remember seeing some friends out there. Um, uh, my friend Patrick said, "I haven't, I haven't felt." this this much joy at a live show since i first heard this record for oh, the wow. first time right like the like the first de- debut record you know and uh um it's that kind of it's that kind of connection where they're like you made me remember how much i loved how how i felt when i heard that in high school you know and that's really yeah. special right because because as we've as we've talked about today um this this music has has uh you know has been a part of so many people's like youths right their 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 formative years right when they're learning what they love about music and more and more people cite this band as one of those bands right which is why I start why I wanted to start Muck Lobster I was like if you don't like the B52s then you're not my That's people. right. It's not a <laughs> That's party. That's right. Yeah. You know? <laughs> you're not invited you know in I mean? other words. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Corbin, we've established you're you're the baby of the band. Um, I am. And so, do you have? Um, does your 
uh, love for or appreciation for 70s and 80s punk and new wave extend past B-52s or is this it? Are you in a little B-52 bubble? Uh, of course bubble? it extends past the <laughs> B-52s. Okay, so 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 uh, tell I, me tell me some of your other favorites um, you know, new new wave yeah. bands. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I wasn't a super new wavy guy. I wouldn't, I never would say that. But I was into punk really big. Uh-huh. Um, I loved Minor Threat, um, early Black Flag, uh, what's uh, Mission of Burma. I mm-hmm. loved those guys. I got to see them when I was in college, and they played this itty bitty bar, and it was the best experience ever. Um, Dinosaur Junior was huge for me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, those were kind of a lot of the bands of my youth and, and I just wanted to, you know, be in front of a band and make loud noises with my mouth and maybe (laughs) play guitar. And so I, I did that. Um, and I still am, I guess. Yeah. Nice. Nice. And what about you, Matt? This is, this was more the music that you were listening to growing up. Sort of. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, uh, a lot of it I came to later uh-huh. um, uh, and uh, d- kind of developed a different appreciation for as a as a more kind of mature music uh, consumer, I guess. Um, uh, I really love to like the whole, you know, the the um, the the like the power pop stuff, too. That was really what was what was kind of kind of, you know really turning me on there uh for a while but yeah bands like the i mean I've, I've i've loved the cars since i was a kid that that's actually one of the bands that i that i was really um really drawn to at at a really young age and i was listening to them like like when those records were coming out right when like when shake yeah. it up came mm-hmm. out i mean that i bought it on vinyl mm-hmm. and um i got to see them i got to see the cars on a couple of tours one of them was just a just like a a, a large theater tour on for panorama right here in austin mm-hmm. at the civic center and then the next one i saw was for heartbeat city in the arena yeah. right in the big huge show right um uh so i mean you know, uh, we talked about New Order too, the Joy yeah, Division nice. and that the Joy Division New Order, New Order transition, right? Um, yeah. Uh, oh man, I mean, uh, you know, I, I mentioned Gary Newman earlier too. This band, f- f- in a strange way, formed because of Gary Newman. Because <laughs> what I really wanted to start was a Gary Newman band, but it's really hard to find good synth players they're just they're they're always busy they're always doing something else and um i couldn't quite make it work so so i had to i had to to see what else i wanted to do because i knew i wanted to start a band i wanted to be a a, i wanted to be a band leader wow so it's it sounds to me like you were like looking at, at bands that um had the like most difficult lead singers to find <laughs> people right. to imitate. Yes. Yeah, I, I started to say <laughs> yeah. I, I bet yeah, that I bet sure. that Corvin could totally pull off a Gary Newman that sounds just like Fred. Um, <laughs> yes, <laughs> in cars. Fred, Gary Newman, right. <laughs> here in the car. Here in the car. I'm well, just the... here in my car. <laughs> There's a devil in the car. 
There's a <laughs> devil I, I, in my car. I think you guys are on to something, yes. <laughs> honestly. Yes. <laughs> that sounds the, the amazing. The fusion band that never was. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But should exactly have been. Right. All right. Well, we're back. And um, yeah, it it just brings back so many like, I don't know, good feels, man, because again, when we were talking to these guys, it uh, well, during part of it, I swear that we were sitting talking to uh, uh, to to the B-52s. But but yeah, it, it's just so cool. I really enjoy episodes like this where, where we're sitting and we're talking to somebody who's either in the music industry or, or you know, somebody who's connected yeah. and is yeah. passionate about it as we are, or even more so. Well, and they were, they were just such good sports about it. I mean, totally. Uh, I, yeah. Obviously, their main motivation for coming on was their love of the B-52s and the opportunity to express that. But mm-hmm. also, they also came on to, as, you know, to talk about their band and and to, you know, get a little bit more exposure about the stuff that they're doing. And inevitably, I had to cut out almost all of that. And so I'm glad that we finally got a chance to include it here and I really appreciate their patience and understanding yeah. for that. Yeah. Well, Rob, I I hope that you have a uh very jolly holiday, a good New Year's. Um we've got an action-packed January coming up. How how is your your best of 79 list going? Ooh, it's so hard right now. I mean, it's still difficult. <laughs> I, I, you know, I mostly have the list together, but there's, I don't know, I've got like 30 songs on it. So <laughs> this is tough. Yeah, yeah. It's tough. Well, I know seven, the top seven. I don't know the order, but I there are seven albums that were, are for sure going to be one through seven. Mm-hmm. And then those last three slots, I have 20 albums I need to yeah. whittle down to three, which is insane. Yeah. Well, what a great year for music. Um, so my my top my top 10 albums are definitely going to be ones that I stick with once I get to them. You know, I, I'm, yeah. I'm, I have the faith that I won't be waffling once I get them once yeah. I get them picked. But it's going to take a lot for me to pick them. <laughs> yeah. And and we still have time. I mean, yeah, I, I, do. I don't think any anything needs to be um, submitted until um, the very end of January, beginning of February. We haven't quite nailed down those dates yet, but um, there there is still time to be going through it. And I want to remind everybody that, as always, we will dedicate at least one episode to just sort of like... Um, refresh everybody's memory about all of the albums and then kind of point you in the direction of, you know, some of the stuff we think um, it's important to take a second look at before you finalize your list. But yeah, it's getting, getting very, very close. 
So to go out, we of course have to go out on a song. I promised a long time ago that I would find an opportunity uh, sometime before the end of this season to include my very favorite fashion song, a song called <laughs> Sodium Penenthal Negative. This was uh, released as a single. I came across it off of a, an IRS uh, compilation at some point. Um, very, very obscure, but very, very cool song. My favorite fashion song, although I really do like um, their their first album pretty much the entire album um, so we will go out on that and we will talk to everybody very very soon see ya <laughs> <laughs>